Hi, everyone. Welcome to Domain Sherpa. Today is an episode of Down the Rabbit Hole with the Rabbit Hole Gang discussing NFTs. Today is a good one as we've got Morgan Linton on the show for the first time, along with Alan, Josh, Jess, and me. We cover a whole bunch of ground talking about NFT NYC, Ape Fest, the Board Ape Yacht Club, the Sneaky Vampire Syndicate, Doodles, the Tom Sachs Rocket Factory, Top Shots, and a good bit about taxes and NFTs. We also talk about what makes a project stand out in today's crowded landscape. All this is about to happen right now here on Down the Rabbit Hole on Domain Sherpa, so let's go. It don't matter what you say, there ain't no way that you're messing with my team today. It don't matter what you do, I will. What's up, Sherpa Network? Thank you for tuning in today. My name is Jonathan Tenenbaum, a.k.a. JT, a.k.a. On, and I am the host and producer of Domain Sherpa, where all roads lead to domains. Today's show is Down the Rabbit Hole. So although all roads lead to domains, on Down the Rabbit Hole, more often than not, all roads lead to NFTs. So we are here with the Rabbit Hole gang. We got actually a new guest. Well, I'm going to go through my introductions and then, uh, you know, and some other familiar faces, some not so familiar, soon to be more familiar, all that good stuff. So uh, welcome, everybody. As we say here on Domain Sherpa, all roads lead to domains. And in the reverse, our work with domains often has us venturing all the time into different areas and topics and things, some familiar to us like crypto, NFTs, and digital assets, and plenty of others that are not so familiar, hence the jump down the rabbit hole. Like I said, today is the rabbit hole gang talking about NFTs, NFT unit. And, uh, you know, so really looking forward to it. We got a great group. Uh, and I'm super, super hyped up. So as you could tell, I'm on my third cup of coffee. It's a rainy day here in Florida, but it does not mean that we are not going to keep it moving and we are not going to shine the bright light on all y'all and provide some alpha and hopefully some entertainment today. So with that, let me go ahead and introduce my co-host, my guest. First of all, to my right, I got my boy, Josh Reason, a.k.a. Bjorn Borg, a.k.a. Harry Kane. You know what it is. He's doing his thing. We're going to talk doodles and some other stuff. Josh has been on his grind lately. I'm excited to hear about what he's into. I feel like I've been missing out, man, on some of your alpha lately. You know what I mean? I feel like you've been kind of moving in silence a little bit. So it's good to get you on the show and and, and get it out there in the universe, bro. Just trying to focus, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's what's up. All right, cool. Now we got a special guest. Uh, so, and uh, this one, this is, this is really cool for me. So, and, and as, so I'm going to do a little lead in before I get into the intro. Um, but this dude is one of the guys who's actually been in NFTs longer than a lot of other folks, myself included, and was one of the people who we've mentioned a lot of time on the show. You know, it was his aping in to the board ABI club and other NFTs and throwing up the cool ass PFPs on his Twitter profile and tweeting about it and everything else that helped me kind of push me over the edge and finally ape in myself. So we got my, my bro, Morgan Linton, a.k.a. Morgan Freeman, a.k.a. Mark Cuban, a.k.a. Tommy Hilfiger, a.k.a. Rick Deckard. Let me go through. Let me let me talk about my a.k.a.'s. Morgan Freeman is just a Morgan thing. I was lazy. I get it. But I love me some Morgan Freeman. So Mark Cuban, for those of you who don't know, Morgan is the CEO of a company called Bold Metrics. CEO, COO. Oh, COO. Okay, cool, cool. All right. Well, who's the CEO? Dana is our CEO. Oh, okay. Wonderful. Yeah, Yeah. she's fantastic. So the um, and uh, and I knew that she was she's like your co-founder, correct? She's co-founder and CEO. Excellent. Yeah. So um. Bold Metrics, which is a uh, based in the Bay, and uh, it is a company that their main focus is to eliminate waste in what people don't realize in the clothing industry. And I, 
and and I've learned this from talking to Morgan a bunch is that you know so much of the the clothes that we buy and then return we don't realize end up in an incinerator or a landfill. There's a huge huge amount of waste in the, in the clothing business. We've been conditioned through you know a lot of easy everyone's got an easy return policy Zappos and Amazon and everything else and you think oh, okay cool they're just going to take it back put it on the shelf someone else is going to end up wearing this stuff but more often than not the stuff actually ends up just getting thrown out which is you know terrible and you think about the resources that go into clothes when they're manufactured gallons of water to create one T-shirt that then ends up you know you try it on one time oh it doesn't fit exactly right you put on a few of those Christmas holiday pounds. And then you send it back and the next thing you know, it's literally thrown away and, uh, you know, an enormous amount of waste all across the board. So what Bold Metrics does is the revolutionizing through their software, um, better uh, fitting of clothes online so that when you are ordering your clothes and they're working with, I mean, amazing partnerships and some other stuff. Um, I don't know what's public or not, so I'm not going to name any names, but some enormous, huge companies. Um, and in order to use their software so that customers can better pick, select the clothing to better fit themselves so they are ordering the right stuff. And uh, so not only does it create a better customer experience for those customers and those companies, but it also eliminates a lot of that waste. So, uh, and I think it's just, a, it's an awesome mission and, and they're doing amazing things. And the reason I said Mark Cuban is because they were actually funded, uh, not Shark Tank, but funded by uh, their initial round was, was Mark Cuban and his team, right? Yeah. First, first check-in was from Mark. Yeah. That's awesome. So super, super cool. Hence the Tommy Hilfiger thing, the clothing thing, you know what I'm saying? And I threw in the Rick Deckard thing. So for uh, yeah, everybody, anybody know who Rick Deckard is? I don't know who he is. So I heard that. I'm like, what is I, that? I, I, <laughs> protagonist in the, in the original Blade Runner. You know what I'm saying? So oh, yes. you, okay. I, it's All a right. young okay. Harrison Ford vibe, man. Plus you're like kind of a science fiction guy, you know, you're cutting edge, future facing and NFTs, crypto, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, cool. See, not a bad list, right? I mean, it's a great you know, list. I'm honored you know by saying? that list. You know yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Anyway, first time we're having Morgan on the show, it's uh, definitely overdue. And I uh, appreciate you having you here, man. And we'll uh, talk a little bit more about your kind of your stuff as we go Honor through the show. Yeah, thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, man. That's what's up. So with that, let me continue around the room down below over there. I got my boy, Alan Dunn, a.k.a. Bill Gates, a.k.a. Gandalf, a.k.a. Gandalf Gates. And I mean, I've already introduced you a dozen times, so that's about all you're going to get. But Dude, you know I'm, I'm here for your introductions. I love this. Stuff. <laughs> hey, man, that's what it's all about. You know, we get it in in the intros. So, and then last but certainly not least, for the second time on the show, we got my boy Jess Chura, aka Jess Curry, aka Jess Starberry, aka Nick's Tape. So I've, uh, you know, I did. So this is just the second time, but I'll do the full-on intro. You know, kind of the LinkedIn intro, if you will. But uh, you know, he's a collector, builder, educating others in the NFT space. Previously worked on creating branding opportunities, Twitch. Netflix shows, a couple of fun startups, super passionate about basketball. He's also a Knicks fan, hence the whole like, you know, a bunch of those Knicks references and basketball references as well. And uh, yeah, and he's a big time NBA Top Shot guy. So the first time we had Jess on the show, we talked a lot about NBA Top Shots. I know the WNBA stuff is just uh, those packs. They're either just about to drop. They didn't drop yet, right? Are they coming out? Uh, the legendaries drop, but I'm I'm pretty excited about the running backs from the NBA that we've been getting to because, you know, we're, we're yeah. like we're OG fans of like stuff from 2005, 2006. So it's been nice to get a little taste of like stuff that like NBA fans from back in the day appreciate. Well, let's die. You know what? This is a good segue. Let's let's talk about this. Let's get right into it. So, Jess, thank you for being on the show, by the way. I'm point over here. You know, I get my size wrong. <laughs> But um, and, uh, you know, happy to have you back here um, and, uh, you know, in the mix with us, rabbit hole gang all day, gang, gang. And uh, so, yeah, so the running back moments are basically is it from a particular year? 
currently or is it like a uh, is it is it a range like what's how are they doing that right so run it backs usually one set encompasses one year so when they say run it back they usually mean they're running a whole season back so this re the recent drop was from 2005 to 2006 and then there's the rare moments which include the d-way that the iverson that you were excited about yeah yeah, um, yeah. a bunch of shack moments and then they also drop drop common moments which include which are a little bit cheaper and but more there's there's more of the minted but they have they have like really underrated stuff like lebron's first game winner of his career oh so right. there's like there's pretty cool stuff that drop and i mean like i said people who really really appreciate hoops it's like this is what we were waiting for i mean yeah. the new rookies and everything it's nice like it's cool but like the the stuff from like shaq running like a full court like fast break himself and throwing it down it's like that's what yeah. we wanted yeah, no doubt. So, hey, Morgan, are you an NBA Top Shots guy at all? Like, were you uh... a little bit? Yeah. So I actually I actually started buying Top Shots before I bought my first ape. Mm, um, OK. And yeah, I'm it's interesting. I'm not a big sports guy, um, as, as some people know. So I don't I don't watch sports much. But when I do watch sports, I watch basketball um, and born and raised in the Bay. So I'm a Warriors fan, but like a real Warriors fan, because I watched them be terrible for a really long right, time, right, pretty right, much my yeah. entire childhood. Um, still a fan. So it was nice. Like when they were doing well, people were like, oh, Warriors. Oh, you're a fair with the family. No, no, no. Like from the Bay, they used to suck. <laughs> now they're good. It's cool. It's and so funny suck. that you got to like, you know, <laughs> it's so funny though. You have to do that when your team gets good. It's like, you have to be weird, like, right? you know, it's like a weird, it like, is oh, a weird sure, sure you are. Sure you are. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, like from back in the day, like, actual yeah, like no, it's like almost like you've got to yeah. show them like your fan resume, your bona fides, you know what I mean? Yeah. To be like, Knicks no. have been bad for so long. We don't have to worry about it. Like oh, yeah, if you stuck with the Knicks, you're good. You're good for a while. Although you guys, this is why NFTs are really important because you can have a digital memory of that you were there a fan you go you could have a pope or some other thing to show like hey this is uh you know it's yeah, on the blockchain fake, it's on the my fandom is on the blockchain we got to you literally up. hold the bags of the teams that you liked yes yeah exactly <laughs> yo well i'll tell you though Knicks look all right man they beat the sixers i'm a sixers fan this is a weird time for us right now we talked about this on the last show and, uh, you know, this Bill Simmons, uh, Ben Simmons, I said Bill Simmons, this Ben Simmons situation is kind of crazy. He's back. He's sort of chilling. Like they're all, the team is uh, trying to support him to some degree. Now he mentally isn't ready to play. And like, you know, I just hope he gets his stuff together, man. I mean, it's like, it's tough to see, you know, somebody who is that young and that talented, you know, in such a weird sort of space. I mean, and you can critique his game and all that, but I think at the end of the day, like you just hope, you know, emotionally, mentally that he's like, you know, he's, he's okay. And, you know, and that they get their stuff together. Cause man, it's frustrating when you got, you know, player like Embiid and you got a player like Simmons and they can't be playing together at the same time. And, you know, so we'll see, we got the Pistons, I think tonight. And, uh, you know, yeah. uh, but, uh, but I mean, Hey man, the league, I love the NBA, man. We, uh, you know, I watched, uh, John Morant is my dude lately though. Like he's got some crazy highlights. Like those will be some top shot moments, you know, and, uh, he just keeps getting better. So that's pretty cool. So I'm sorry, but Morgan, I didn't mean to cut you off. So you were a fan of the Bay. You started buying, I mean, a fan of the, you know, the Warriors. Yeah. Pre yeah. Baron I mean, Davis, I'm not like, like the Baron Davis. I'm, I'm a really like light sports fan. So like, I, I can't name half the players on the team. I don't really watch any of the games, but I'll go to like a game or two a year. But when top shots was like first starting, I bought uh, a bunch of Warriors players. I've got a LeBron. I've, I got some stuff that, um, people gave me advice and said, this is a good player. You should buy this and bought a handful. I probably have maybe 20 moments or something like that. Nothing, nothing too crazy, but some stuff that, um, 
when I show people like, oh, that's a really cool. And I'm like, great, that's good to know. But I don't, <laughs> I don't understand that side of NFTs as much. I'm, I'm, I'm really here for the ape JPEGs and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Well, like I said, you were one of the first ones that I saw who bought into the ape. So it's like, it was like you and Alan. And then I think Shane shortly after that, or sort of around the same time. I mean, you know, you guys were really the dudes who, you know, got out ahead of it early. And, uh, you know, so it, and for you, what was it that got you all like, what, what was it that got you off sort of out of your chair and buying an ape in the first place? Yeah. I mean, it was really Twitter. Like I've been, you know, I started investing in crypto in like 2016 and been pretty involved in like crypto Twitter. And I saw crypto Twitter get very, very excited about board apes. Um, and I was not in the minting, but I bought my ape, um, mint week. And, uh, I just saw a lot of energy on Twitter about it. I didn't quite understand what it was all about. I didn't know much about the avatar projects in general, but I saw people getting excited. Um, and I bought my first ape that week for 0.4455, I think was what I, what I paid for it. Um, and I didn't really know anything about the traits or anything at that time, but I got that one. And then I found out about rarity tools like the next day. And I realized like, oh, mine's not as rare. And I started to look at the traits and I got really deep into analyzing the traits and understanding like, why do some traits have a higher floor than others? And really went deep there. And then I bought uh, five more pretty shortly after that, because then I was really into the traits and I was like, okay, this is pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. I can see this growing. Um, and uh, it kind of took on a, a life of its own from there. Yeah, you know, and it's funny because I look fondly back on the, you know, it's only a couple of months ago, right? For me, it was, I bought my first ape. I bought Lincoln, you know, this was in like literally like June 1st, you know? So mm -hmm. I was a little bit later, you know, for like two ETH or whatever it was. And uh, the, um, but yeah, I spent weeks, probably two weeks leading up to when I was trying to make my purchase, like, you know, and I, I had knew not, I've said this on the show a bunch of times. I knew nothing about the traits or the rarity. You know what I mean? I was just like, I was just trying to go with something that aesthetically or aesthetically I thought was like cool. And that like could be me and, you know, that could be my avatar. And, you know, and, and I also had the idea of like, you know, having them like rap and like, you know, just the, the all that cool stuff. And like, you know, but the rarity, the, the traits at the time, I had no idea, you know, but I just think back to like, you know, and I've, I've had to delete most of the photos because I would take screenshots of and I've gotten rid of them because I can't stand to look at some of these apes at like point, you know, <laughs> at 1.2 ETH and they're now worth like 100 ETH. And I'm just like, oh, my God. But like it was such a, it was a fun time kind of going down that rabbit hole the first time into all of that. Like now, you know, I mean, the PFP projects, there's a lot of them. It can be overwhelming at times. And now it's like you've got all these new aspects of tokens and, and staking and, you know, and a lot of this kind of stuff, too. So it's like it's gotten a pretty complicated and, and evolved pretty fast, you know? And when you realize like initially it was just, you know, I want to buy something cause it looks cool versus now it's like, okay, you know, I've got to be careful. You know, I've got 30 seconds to make what could be a life altering decision around, yeah. you know, this investment that, and it's all like, you know, where's that's my where the traits still are so valuable. Right. Cause I like shortly after, um, uh, board apes was gutter cats. And that I was like, I'm not missing the minting for this. Uh, and I saw some similarities in the art. So I was in the minting, for gutter cats and then started to analyze their traits and realized, Oh, interesting. There's like a lot of similarities between these traits. And then if you look at lazy lions and all these other projects, um, you can start to find like the thing that I was really looking at is like, where are their traits where there's um, like really wide spacing between the floor and say something within the next five or six. And that's kind of what I looked for with apes and then with gutter cats and that, with everything really of like, okay, yeah. interesting. Here's something where there's only, whatever, 65 of this 
trait and the floor is, you know, just to make nice round numbers, the floor is 10 ETH, but like if these two sell, well, now it's 22 ETH. Yep. And so it's like, I think there's a lot of opportunities that people don't think about where when they first get involved with avatar projects, they think, yeah, oh, this is neat. Oh, I like this. I like these attributes. And they don't think about the rarity and they look at the rarity and they go, oh, I just want the lowest number. And yep. then I think over time, you learn like, oh, wait a second, there's stuff with like, you know, low numbered apes with, with crazy eyes and, you know, traits that aren't that great, that actually people had a very hard time moving mm-hmm. as the floor was climbing. And then you find these opportunities where there's a gap where it's like, oh, interesting. If I just buy this and delist it, technically the floor doubles. Yep. Yeah. Right? Right. Those yeah. are very unique market dynamics that I don't think people understand until they get deeper into it yeah i think the, I, I, I think what you're saying is you know, the, the the depth of so many rarities is so short yes that, exactly, uh, exactly. Are so low that, yes. yeah you're right people don't realize it I mean, and they don't realize that, that with every project is something like lazy lions for example like whenever i go into a new project i always analyze that and i find out like where are those traits like with lazy lions it's actually an easy one it's gold background like if you get a lazy lion and you just go with a gold background there's just not a ton of depth there on the floor. Like there's a huge opportunity for that to grow with sneaky vampires. You can look at gold tucks or you can look at red laser eyes. And like you can find with most of these projects, just like a handful of traits, there's just not a lot of spacing. And you can find in some cases where like you can buy it and either right away by delisting the floor doubles, or there only has to be like two or three that sell and the floor is going to double or triple. Um, and that's interesting. That like you don't see in a lot of other um, asset classes. I think the biggest thing moving forward for me is the same reason I came into this space was, so I saw, like I said in the previous episode, I saw a Mark Cuban tweet about Top Shot and I said, okay, I trust him. I trust the things that he does in the tech space. I trust, you know, investments that he made. And it, it's kind of like circled back around after we had this crazy summer of like a million projects minting every week is like, I'm now I'm chasing after the teams that I trust that have like that have lasted in this NFT space and crypto space and the ERC tokens in general, which kind of like ties into Top Shot and like the same thing it comes to Doodles. So a lot of the Doodles team are ex Dapper Labs people who worked on Top Shot. They worked on Crypto Kitties. Um, their animators are like top notch. So like you see a lot of the same art. Like it'll be bold lines similar to Cool Cats coming out with a bunch of projects, but you really need to dig in deep to see if like the people putting their names on the project are willing to make this like a scalable thing. And it just doesn't just end at like that one token. Like I trust them to make, you know, full fledged animations, like with their thing, like I trust yeah. them to make universes with the characters and it doesn't just end with like what they're doing. So it really, really comes down to like the people, like down to the core of it, like who's building, like what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's super dope. Well, so Josh, you're a doodles guy, right? I mean, to some degree, I know you got a couple or they were at least part of your... I, know you I, I, traded, I traded them when they were like on the pre-reveal stage, but I don't have any right now. Oh, okay. Pre-reveal so have- and post-reveal, like I was trading them because there's just... There's, it, it goes, the floor just goes crazy during those times, you know? It's like there was a time, I think post post reveal where they got down to like 0.7 or 0.8 okay um you yeah, know right. and then they quit they quickly shot back up to like 1.8 uh, within like a matter of days so well and i think that you know so you and i were talking about this offline about how you know 
if you know one piece of advice for new investors into the nft space is to you know if they can get in on sort of the pre pre-reveal you know mint you know they can mint something and then sell pre-reveal there's opportunities if they can get in early to make like you know for people who want to see a quick sort of you know yeah if you're looking to actually get into the space to like flip and make money it's like that you want to go you want to get involved into projects at the time where there's the most liquidity um and like that's always in the pre-reveal and and shortly after reveal phase there's just so many there's so much buying activity going on there so if you you know have a decent head screwed on your shoulders there's always opportunities to make money there yeah and we have seen that you know the playbook with a few recently where it's like you know if you can get in at mint and then sell pre-reveal you know there's uh you know depending on you know but sometimes you want to hold to see if you're going to get like you know that's all i find that to be the toughest thing anything i've gotten in pre-reveal it's hard to want to sell before but i can say like you know with mechaverse right it was like obviously you saw what happened there anybody that won that that got in in the raffle you know i mean they had an opportunity to mint at 0.07 or whatever it was and then sell at like seven eth Mm -hmm. and then if you didn't or if you bought at seven eth then you were like you know then you just watched as the shit just was like you know just completely like free you know free fell now it's almost like back to a buying opportunity right it's almost like sub one eth which is pretty crazy although i wouldn't buy i mean i was excited about that project initially i mean we talked about this on the show you know i knew it was going to be extremely like active initially um and i liked some of what i saw with the initial art like the cool like i like the pacific rim gundam kind of vibe i like the you know, sort of the way that they were sort of put together, they kind of reminded you of these like old toys and stuff. I thought that was actually pretty cool. And then unfortunately, though, when you have 10,000 of them and you realize that, you know, there isn't much differentiation and then the team kind of looked a little, you know, like I, I think it was a little underwhelming, some of what came out around, you know, uh, reveal, but they made so much money. I don't know that they care, but um, which is also is kind of an unfortunate thing. But I think that's sort of where you go back to Jess's point, which is, you know, the team matters, you know, and, uh, you know, having good artists and, you know, that's why I love creatures. You got a guy like Danny Cole, who's like just a character into himself. And like, he's so like involved and so, um, invested in his art and just the vibe, you know what I mean? And it's like, you know, coming up, so we're coming up on ape fest. We're coming up on NFT NYC. Uh, that's can, I just all say, the- can I just say real, real quick about strategies, just to go back to that point before I forget it is that a lot of people have different strategies for different reasons and they're in the nft game for way like lots of different reasons like a lot of people just like want to join a community and be a part of the community so if you like work really hard to get a whitelist and then you want to be a part of the community and then you sell your you know your whatever it is pre-reveal you're not there for the community aspect anymore because you're not you know with the community so like but and there's a lot of people that get into the space for that specific reason and that specific reason alone so Different, different people want to do different things. Yeah, different you, strokes for different you know folks. What, you, you know what turned me off about uh, Doodles um, is I, 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 I absolutely loved it. I thought the artwork was phenomenal. I thought the, I think the team is phenomenal. I think the idea of uh, just, you know, again, owning your IP is, is really cool. Um, but I, I, th- I think I, th- I thought they had a level. I thought they had an opportunity to almost like be on par or even possibly even surpass cool cats in, in the popularity but they threw so many of these with cigarettes in their mouth and stuff and i, I don't really care if anybody smokes but it 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 it, it, it turned to me it, it was like totally against like you can't if you if you have a pfp with a cigarette in it you can't use it as ip pretty much i mean they you have to take it out for advertisements and all this stuff and 
I, I just felt like they didn't connect with, um, they, they could have added so much, so much more value to, to that whole yeah, thing. You know, and I know that that might sound stupid, but that turned me uh, off. You know, well, I, I think, think that's a valid concern. I think the cigarettes, like, it really, like, you can only put yourself out there, like, on so many different things and without use. Because you can't connect yourself to it if you if you're not a cigarette smoker, I completely understand. It's the same reason, like I wouldn't get one. It's just, but I don't know. It, it is tough. I it is something that you know. It's tough. Heren, Heren, Heren hates them as well, doesn't he? Heren every time I, that there's yeah, like something with that. like with with like smoking, he's like, yeah, but it's called cigarette, so like. Eh. No, but I, I'm just saying that's a trade for me know. that's like a no go. You know what I'm saying? Like I'll never buy a you know a PFP of any kind, unless it was the kind of thing where, Hey, I could get this board eight for 10 ETH today. And then I'm going to go sell it for 30, you know, same day. Right. Or 40, whatever. But, you know, because unless it was something like that, like a giveaway, um, you know, because I just think it's not, I don't smoke and I find it like a pretty repulsive habit, like no disrespect to people who, you know, that's their jam, but you know, it's like, I just, it's just not my thing. And I just find it like, even when I see it in the PFPs, I find it, like it, it gives me the like it's almost like I can smell it. You know what I'm saying? And like, I like the board ape ones. They kind of look like toothpicks. I didn't even know they were cigarettes for a while until I went and read cats, it. And the I gutter cats like, are yeah, toothpicks. Right. You know what I mean? And like, or they have the vapes. You know what I'm saying? And I find the yeah. vapes a little bit more tolerable. You know what I'm saying? But like, it's one of the board ape traits that I didn't like. You know, there's a few that I'm just traits that I'm not into. The cigarettes are one thing, and it's hard because that does show up sometimes where you see like a perfect ape. And I remember this when I was going through that whole thing where I would literally screenshot a hundred of them. And just cause open C can be clunky at times. I had no idea about rarity tools. So I was trying to catalog them that way so I could find it again and do this and that. And, you know, and that would throw off, like there was probably, I'd probably have a, you know, different apes right now if it wasn't for that trade. And for the fact that that just was not my shit. And like, you know, I think it's, uh, and the doodles, I just don't like the eye, you know what I'm saying? I get it that that's the quirky goofy kind of thing that makes it sort of their trademark thing. And, you know, but like the eye all the way out here, like, you know, like I just, you know, what's up? Like, I, I don't know. It's just, I just, <laughs> but I, you know, I saw that they animated one and they were at, like, you know, they tweeted at Twitter or Jack saying, Hey, when are we going to have uh you know, uh, animated PFPs? And they had the rainbow one. So it was like, it was like going this way. It was going that way. And then it was like, ah, and then it would like puke the rainbow. It was like super cool. Like I, I thought that was just so quirky and cool. And I love that kind of shit. And, uh, but yeah, so I'm with the Alan, man. I think it's a, you know, not that that's not the particular thing that turned me off from doodles specifically, but it's just such a trait that I just hate for me. Like that crazy, the crazy eyes is some shit I can't get down with. You know what I mean? There's just a handful. I just happened also like early on with four dates that people didn't realize. And this is kind of going back to the trade analysis piece, which is there were people that had crazy eyes or the Russian hat or some of these things that just haven't aged well but had low rarity and they bought it and they were like oh well this is like you know number 450 out of 10,000 oh this should be easy to sell but it's got you know crazy eyes and a blue bonnet hat and they can't figure out i keep lowering the price why isn't it selling and people learn pretty quickly oh wait a second like i have to sell this to someone probably that doesn't know how all this works Otherwise, like it's hard, it's hard to move. And I kind of liken it to like, maybe I can bring this back to domains a bit, but like, we've all talked about this a lot. Like what a difference an S can make, right? Like fast.com, like could be a $10 million plus name fasts.com, like might not even be a seven figure name, right? It's like that one little difference. And it's like with an ape, you can have an ape that could be 
a like easily seven figure ape and like yeah. you get a crazy eyes or you throw a Russian hat on it, you put the blue bonnet on it and like, boom, the value just compresses. Yeah, I think aesthetic over rarity always. Well, obviously rarity matters a little bit. You want to go for stuff, but like the apes I've seen, like you guys have that perfectly meld together and there's nothing that mm-hmm. takes it out of place. And exactly. those, those are the yeah. ones that look the best. And yeah, yeah, they look best hanging up. They'll look best on apparel. They'll look best on whatever you want to build out your apes universe out to. Mm-hmm. So speaking of uh, ape aesthetics and traits, what do you guys think gold versus trippy, right? Because we saw a big run on trippies recently, and then we just saw a gold ape sell at Sotheby's for $3.9 million, I think, right? The uh, Which was the record, yeah. Jimmy Eats ape. So, um, you know, so it seemed like, oh, shit, trippies are, you know, shit. And then the gold ape just says, nope, we're still here. What do you guys, do you guys have? <laughs> for, me, for me, for me, it's not even like a question. I mean, for me, honestly, it's not even a question, and it's clearly gold age. Gold, it's, yeah, I, mean, I, it's I agree, gold. by the way, 100%. 100%. I think it's all preference, no? Definitely gold. Yeah. That's all right, but what's everybody's preference? So we got two votes for gold. Uh, Alan, what do you say? I think my crown is better than all the trippies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. <laughs> Crown's oh, yeah. great. I like the crown. What about suits? What about the suit apes? You know, uh, you, so... you know what? The suits are the I might like. I was going to say, I might like the trippies more if they were more rare, but they're not. <laughs> oh, wow. How many trippies are there? Do you know offhand? Like how many? 70 something. And then there's okay. like 60 well, golds, I think. Oh, there's yeah, 60 well, golds, but 60 gold, 70 trip. You're talking about 10 apes. Like you're talking about. No, no, it's like 79 versus 60 or something like that. I think. Okay. So like, it's enough where it's like a 25% bump. I'm going to look up. I'll, I'll give us the exact number. Hey, Morgan, I, Morgan, you were, you were there in the early days. Um, do, do you remember? Um, it's funny with the night that Pranksy bought um, the apes, right? And he announced that the Friday night. Yeah. It was the first night in about four weeks that I actually took an Advil PM and kind of went to sleep. Right? <laughs> I fucking woke up woke up like five o'clock in the morning and it's like it's, they're all gone and, and but, but for the next few days um you know speaking of rarities and rarity tools i think it took a couple of days to come out i'm pretty sure that suits the black suit was the most popular out of the gate and and then gold caught up uh, do you remember that i'm not sure yeah i mean gold was really popular and by the way so gold is you've got 46 46 yeah. Oh, yeah. so okay. gold's low like really really low um yeah. and all, all polls are looking at our pull trippy trippy is 77 so okay, so it's double you've got, it's almost, you've got a pretty that's, big, that's big delta that's a delta there. yeah um but yeah alan it's interesting i don't remember exactly but i mean gold always gold's got this thing to it that like people already associate with like value and premium mm-hmm. trippy is something that people eased into and then suits also going back to similar to gold of like yeah like more more polish and that's why like when you look at the you know the original um you know uh sotheby's auction also like the focus on suits um i i think those both age well trippy's one that just like came into its own because it was rare and people started buying and selling it at higher prices i agree with I think- that i think i think suits i think suits age well age well like yeah, I think they just look so good. You know, I love Feld, uh, you know, the ape with the red hat. That's like the red B-A-Y-C merch hat with the suit is like maybe my favorite, favorite ape out of all the apes. You know what I mean? I think tweet, tweet suits are 
don't don't get enough love. And they should be getting a little bit more love, but they don't get enough love, man. Their suits as well. That, that's, that's, right. Right. that's right. That's right. The brown and the tweed suit. Disclose for disclosure purposes. Josh has a tweed suit ape. I do love the tweed yeah, suit. Yeah, I know them have tweed suit. Hey. <laughs> I do. I do. You and some look really. Cool. I do love the tweed suit. I love the hip hop jackets though. That's probably my favorite trait. Just because that's another one like, percent. You know, that's another one percent. You know, the tweed mutant like, looking really cool. Yeah, yeah, I'll buy that. Like, I mean, I'm I'm a mutant, so I got to talk about my little my my mutant family, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's exactly. all good, man. No For doubt. Sure. Um, so black suit, I think by the way, a... is 42. So it's actually less than gold. So I think what that's is? also something that plays into it. It's like black, black suit, suit yeah. hyper hyper rare. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, and that's why they were the Christies. Right? It was Christies, I think, that they did the um, and we all suited up, and I mean, yes. it was dope. But yeah, I got yeah. to make my put my ape in a suit, and then I'm like. You know, once the auction ended, I'm like, I guess I better like take it off. Like, yeah. I don't want to like harp <laughs> as a suit wearing ape, but I'm like, man, you know, it's pretty dope though. Like, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, and what I, well, about the trippies though, you see, you've got Captain Trippy. And um, what I love about Captain Trippy and Josh and I were actually talking, this is, this is how nerded out we are on this stuff. Like, we were literally having this conversation. We went at dinner the other night. We we're talking about Captain Trippy's Trippy Ape, but he's got the ripped shirt. So you got the hole in the shirt and through the hole, you could actually see the trippy skin of the ape. Yeah, yeah. That cool. like detail right there yeah. to me is cool. so dope. And it's like, yeah. that's the kind of shit that a makes that ape crazy sick, but also makes like, you know, the board apes in general, like their art and the way they, you know, the fact that these guys came out of the gate, I mean, just a huge shout out to the board ape yacht club in general, because, you know, just the way they came out of the gate and have done, you know, you could argue, okay, this maybe could have been done different or they should have done this or whatever. There's a lot of backseat driving and, and money morning quarterbacking, but man, to nail as many of the things that they've nailed well, um, you know, from the get go is like, so really, I mean, you know, I, it makes it as, so special. Yeah. As this evolves, man, like when they write the stories about it, it's going to be a pretty cool, like kind of thing, yeah. you know, some of this, that attention to detail goes so far, right. Yeah. It makes me think of like, you know, who's always done a great job with that is Pixar. And I, I used to be really yeah. into like 3D animation. I remember sure. seeing a, an interview with one of the animators from Pixar uh, and they were talking about Monsters, Inc. And they were saying that they're like, here's something that you, I bet you'll never know, but we put like real time into. They said like, Sully like has nails and we put dirt under his nails. Yeah. And oh like, they paused a scene and zoomed in and you could barely see it. And they said, we know even in a movie theater, you probably can't see it, but like we put it there, we know it's there. And like, that's the level of detail yeah. that we go yep. to. And that's why like Pixar is Pixar. There's a lot of magic to that. And I think what, what Yuga did with Bored Apes is that same thing where you're like that attention to detail, even if no one else notices it or like JT, you're probably one of the few people that notice like, oh, cool. You can see the fur through the ripped shirt. Every single person that does notice that realizes like really that that kind of like yep. exceptional quality that you're going for. Yeah. Yep. And I think you're absolutely right. And I think that's one of the things that kind of goes back to what Jess said earlier about, you know, when you're picking projects and things that you want to invest your money into, right? You're thinking about it in it's the layers and it's the, you know, it's the professionalism, the talent, the combination, the team, the community. I mean, it's all of those things. And and the more detail, the attention to detail on some of those specifics is really what helps to build that value to make you feel like, hey, you know, this is something I could kind of invest in and, and get busy with, you know? What's crazy, then, what's crazy to me is that, is that board, like, so Boot Apes were one of the first in the grand scheme of things now to do, a, you know, a 10,000 PFP project, right? Yeah. One, of, one of the first, actually. And 
and the amount that we've had since then is ridiculous, right? Had like 10, almost we've had like, ten thousand. Yeah. <laughs> but none of them, but none of them have done it better than Bored Apes. And it's yeah, like, how is that? Think about how yeah. crazy that is, because yeah. each one that comes up every single day has yeah. the ability to look back on all the success and all the failures yeah. of all the previous ones. And yet no project has done it better than Bored Apes. Still. I think there's value in them staying quiet and kind of learning during times where people were rushing things all over the summer. And they were, they, that was, I think there's a lot, there was a kind of like those two to three months this summer where there was, everyone was waking up like, what are we minting today? What are we minting today? Like those were that time Yuga Labs just, I feel like they sat back and took in a lot of things that people were failing at and winning. And they were like, this is how we're going to go towards it. I mean, who knows what they actually did, but it, it, I realized <laughs> in this space, like sometimes being quiet and just kind of building and yeah. releasing when you're completely ready and you're confident what you are, like what you have is like the way to go. And that's what they do with every announcement. Like, Every I feel like you have bullets as well, right? You have only yeah. so many bullets as a project. So like, at the, I, I feel like over this little, let's say bearish market over the last like month or so, everyone's like trying to use their bullets. Like, oh, we're releasing a token. Oh, we got this. So like, get yeah, ready, get hyped. Like, right? And, yeah. and, 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 but, and the, the, the big team have just like, you know, we'll let, we'll let you well, guys, if you, you want to sell, then right? sell, they, you know, but, they put but a we're lot not going to put out announcements for no reason. Well, and that's an important part, right? They've, you know, the Discord is still very active and the founders are active in the Discord for sure. You know, I think that's like important for the, you know, as part of the community piece. But, you know, they put out Roadmap 2.0. Um, they spent a lot of time on the mutants, you know what I mean? A lot of time in the art with the mutants and, you know, the rollout and, you know, the treasure hunt that they had. Like, you know, the things that they've done have been just so like cool, well done, set the trends. Um, and there are a few projects, I think, that have taken cues and have, followed along a roadmap that in my opinion are you know somewhat similar or as close as you know as well done as you know the board apes and even with the way they said hey we know everyone's saying when token when token here's the deal we hired fenwick west or whatever the you know law firm right. and yeah. you know and said hey we're gonna you know we'll look to do something but we're gonna do it the right way you know then they brought on guy osiri to represent them which is a huge power move and it's like you know just like the shit they're doing they're operating at a real high level now they also have a shitload of money in the bank a ton of attention they're like you know, the darlings of, you know, sort of the, the internet. Right. So it's like, they've got, so, you know, but there's a lot of pressure for them to continue to deliver and do things the right way. It doesn't necessarily do things fast. Um, one of the other projects though, I know Morgan, you've been involved in the sneaky vampires. I think those yes. guys have done as good. A I was job actually going to use that as the example. Cause yeah, Josh, I think you're right. It's like, there is so much opportunity for projects to learn from like all the little detailed stuff that, that Board API Club did. And I think SVS, Sneaky Vampire Syndicate, is probably the one that's the closest. And, and maybe part of it is, you know, like Mig, who is one of the artists from Board API Club, is the artist for SVS. That's the one that did the, um, the, the captain's hat mm -hmm. um, and a bunch of other stuff for them. That project's super organized. Full disclosure, I'm, I'm involved with that project and I'm out on the Discord and friends with the team and stuff. But I'm... Um, really impressed with the quality level and also they they do things right like they're they're patient they really look at like how do we make sure we're doing this at really like the highest quality um and some of the stuff they've done like both releasing the the blood token and the bats and they've got gen 2 coming up uh it's been really really clean and organized i think that's the that's the challenge in this space is like how do you not get overly excited and try to, you know, blow the ocean and do everything all at once. And that is something going back to Board of Yacht Club that they've done a really good job of it is like, hey, space it out, do it right, 
don't have to come out with everything all at once. Um, well, yeah. And it's like this idea that it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. You know, there's a few yeah. other projects you mentioned gutter cats. I mean, I feel like they're still undervalued. I think there's a lot of really cool stuff. I don't know. I mean, I think there's probably a debate to be had about, you know, the most recent sort of the releasing of the pigeons and the dogs, but we mentioned Ben Simmons before Ben Simmons just aped in with a gutter dog, you know, so that's his PFP now. And uh, you know, and I've got a really cool, I've got my gutter gang, which are, you know, Billy, who does our post-production, go ahead and throw up my gold jacket gang, go ahead and throw it up there on the screen, bam, so y'all can see what, you know, that my collection, um, but, you know, I like a lot, and, you know, some of the things they're doing, the folks they're working with, I know they've got some animated stuff, they're trying, you know, there's some things they're do that they're looking to do, and, <clears throat> you know, some of the drops they've done, and that kind of stuff, I think is, is very cool, you know, I like them, I like their stuff a lot, I think Cool Cats, I sold my Cool Cat too early, that's one of my call it one of my misses, you know what I'm saying? And that I had a, a cool cat and then I sold it. And during, it's actually during all the mutant activity when everything was kind of going crazy. And, you know, my world of women sold my, you know, the floor was lava, you know, my, uh, and my cool cat also sold, but I think that's a great project. And they've got, you know, there's such, I think there's a lot of purity around the, you know, sort of the vibe, the art with cool cats, you know, there's such a positive such vibe there, which I think is important because, we were having this conversation the other day too, where it's like the attitude matters, you know what I mean? And the attitude of the community and some of it is pervasive across the entire community, you know, where you have some projects that, you know, are polarizing because, you know, it's either their founders or their call it their law, their more most vocal supporters, you know, have a certain edge that kind of creates a certain vibe, which, you know, not everybody may buy into other ones are extremely positive, which I think, and to me, like the kill them with kindness, like that kind of thing, I think is always the approach. You know, I'm nice for the most part, you know, I mean, not everyone would necessarily agree with that, but that's my general disposition. At least it is now. I've only I've, seen you as nice. So I've gotten older, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Nice. And, uh, you know, and, uh, and the cool cats to me is like a really like wholesome kind of vibe, you know what I'm saying? And I like that. And I think that, you know, but you got the time magazine thing. I mean, it's in the milk tokens and some of the other stuff and some of the other drops and, you know, they did the ghost thing and, you know, but, you know, even with, with the cool cats, like I bought, you know, I have a bunch of go, I have some ghost stuff. Um, I have the cool cats. I got the t-shirt. I almost don't even want to wear the t-shirt though, because I don't have the cool cat anymore. It's like the sad cat. And that's how I feel. I feel like that's <laughs> me. But anyway, so I don't know. I'm just kind of rambling a little bit, but I do think like kind of pointing out specifically, like what some of these projects are that, you know, I think when we talk about the ones that are going to kind of, you know, sort of, you know, stick around based on various things, you know, team and quality and all that. I think that those are a few of the sneaky vampires cool cats which i don't have either at the moment i'll probably buy into both you know at some point vampires i missed i, I tried to get in initially on the drop didn't get in and then how many know, it either like, it looks like they looks like there's quite a good entry point right now More i was gonna say this is a great time to buy a vampire anyone that wants to there's an open invitation that wants to buy a vampire I'm happy to <laughs> do it now spend some time with you look at the traits um this is this is a good time to buy Media Options is the industry's leading domain broker specializing in domain acquisitions, high-value domain sales, and domain name consultation. As pioneers and thought leaders on the subject of the domain aftermarket and domain name value, plus through their clear domain acquisition service, Media Options offers startups and established corporations an unparalleled scope of high-value domain options, providing access to domain names and curation technologies not available elsewhere. Media Options believes in the power of a great domain name and is dedicated to helping you obtain yours. Call or email today to put a domain to work for you. 
I have a question about you, Ape, Ape guys, now, now that we were talking about traits a little. So now you know that the 3D models are coming out. They're working with a pretty good studio for those. They have the game coming out, which is not the mobile game and the blockchain game. So two different ones. Mm-hmm. So when you buy traits, do you take that into consideration how the traits might animate on the 3D models? Like trippy might be something that's like like actually moving around versus the golden ones might have like a glow. Like you want to look cool when you're playing the game too, right? Uh, yeah, 100%. At this point, I'm pretty priced out of both. So it's like even if I thought the trippies were going to be so dope, like I can't afford that at the moment. But yeah, I mean, that I was actually that was actually an entry point there for like a small window of like over the last few days where they were like a couple sold for like low hundreds, like 110, 100. <laughs> yeah, I that's mean, like that's like kind of an entry point, right? If you sold your three apes, could you buy a trippy? Yeah, entry you, point. You, I know entry point of 110 ETH, but I'm with you. Um, you know, half a million. Check out bucks. those <laughs> NFT traders, man. Check out those <laughs> NFT traders. Oh, I Get know. Lincoln in the crew. And you J- JT, I, I, I can't I, sell Lincoln. Lincoln is a bar. Never gonna. I love sell how that. JT said that. Like, and just kind of like. Yeah, 500,000 for an entry point. Okay, John. <laughs> exactly. Like, but I get what you're saying. You're saying, look, I mean, yeah, it's more, like, speak, it's more like a million, but comparatively speaking, it's like, <laughs> exactly. It's like, hey, we can kind of get in. But yeah, I think that for me, traits matter when you think about application. I mean, for a second, I actually owned a one I called Ghost Rider. He was a zombie ape with double horns and the biker jacket. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and I sold him and I made a decent amount of money selling him. I kind of wish I held on to him, but I bought him prior to the mutants coming out. Cause I'm like, yo, I bet you these traits are going to look pretty sick, you know, depending on how this whole mutant thing happens. But then it was like, you know, I, I bought it for a lot less than I sold it for, sold it. I don't necessarily regret it, but I did buy that ape thinking, and then I ended up not doing the mutant thing with him anyway, but that was some of what I thought about, you know, um, cause I think you kind of have to, you know, I think if, if, if you're looking, especially now and you're trying to buy, you know, it's a floor ape or otherwise, and you're trying to pick a or B, you know, I think you have to think about try to me. I mean, I would advise, look at the roadmap, think about what matters, you know, and you know, what, you know, based on that, if to the extent that any of that applies, you know, it should, should absolutely be part of your thought process. So. See, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm half and half on that. Like I, I do think it is, but I think it's, it's also overwhelming. There's so many projects. And the question is, how many of these are actually going to kind of make it in the metaverse, right? Like, so you, you like the me bits absolutely will, uh, the, the cyber cons will, oh, stuff cyber. like that. Uh, but, you know, how, how many of these new projects will get enough adoption in the metaverse, right, to actually make it kind of a worthy community to be part of? So, yeah, I, like I, I'm, I'm hesitant on like a lot of them. Um, but I, you know, I, I think I think in terms of like if you buy something, you know, should you think about how cool it looks in the metaverse? Absolutely, that's the next stage, right? I mean, that that's just you know. That, well, that those happens. 3D avatars, like you can upload, like people already do it on YouTube. Like when you move around and you talk, it face scans you, and you would literally be talking as your ape. So I think just yeah. that itself is going to be pretty awesome. Like having a meeting of just five, like people as their ape 3D models. Like you don't like that's. That's going to be awesome, I think. Oh, that's going to be great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I think for me, when I bought my initial, you know, when I bought Lincoln, like I was saying, like I didn't want to do any of the traits. I didn't want to have any traits that I felt were, you know, that I couldn't necessarily weren't reflective of me either as an avatar, or whether it's in the metaverse or as a PFP on Twitter. You know, I'd want to be like that could be me, you know, and that's why that was sort of I went with some clean, cool, like you know, and I think it's you know, but I guess what I look at. 
for the metaverse, when we're talking about 3D stuff, I think, you know, I look at it like in sandbox and other things. You can, you're going to have apes that are going to interact with Amadigens and, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and cool cats and whatever else. And, you know, House Akiba, like, you know, X's and, you know, all this kind of stuff. So I think to that end, I think it's like, you know, that's where I think it's no matter what you kind of, if you're buying these things, you, you know, for me at least, I'm always like, well, I want stuff that I think would be cool because whether it's, you know, within the room of just the apes or across the entire metaverse, whatever it is, I want it to be some shit that I think is cool, you know? Yeah. So well, that's also like, cause Jesse, you bring a really good point. That's one of the reasons actually I bought my Fortrait and why I like Fortrait so much, because I also thought like around the time I bought my Fortrait, I also bought my land and the euphoria plot on um, the sandbox. And I was thinking, you know, I'm very interested in where things are going to go with, the types of clothing and outfits and things like that you can put on your avatars. Like I play Fortnite. I love Fortnite. I love the skins in Fortnite. And initially when I started playing Fortnite, I thought it was the stupidest thing. I'm like, wait a second. So I spend like real money on this outfit that makes no difference whatsoever in the game. That's the stupidest idea ever. And then like fast forward, like a month later and I have like, five outfits every time i play i'm changing <laughs> yeah you're it. like i got my nighttime now outfit. i've got like the monthly subscription i buy like at least two outfits a month like it's fun and i realize like ah you know what when you're in a virtual world because fortnite really is like in a lot of ways a metaverse you're doing a lot of stuff during yeah. a fortnite game where you are not actually fighting which a lot of people don't think of unless you play fortnite i would say you know 80 percent of the time in the game i'm building i'm you know collecting things i'm like interacting in this world and that outfit matters and that's where i think four traits are really interesting because you know board ape yacht club you know provided everybody with a hoodie for uh for the metaverse right and i think you're going to see more and more of these outfits and i think the four traits are very unique because they can probably have the most dynamic range of outfits put on them Mm -hmm. um Yeah, because I think if your ape is defined by some of its traits as far as what it's wearing, then you can't really change that, you know, and if you do, then apes not the same ape. And I agree. I think the four traits are cool, not just because they're unique, but because they have the biggest range as far as what you can do with them. They can be utilized for a lot of different things. I think as Mm -hmm. companies and, you know, marketing and other things, too, it's like they just have, you know, there's nothing offensive about anything that they're, you know what I mean? It's all like it's, you know, in their plainness is somewhat their advantage right and i think right but uh, if you have a crown you're above everyone yes yes look, i mean let's be clear having we all a four, love the crown having no, a four, having a, let's be having a four trade ape is not better than a gold or a trippy ape necessarily right yeah, so no, i'm not saying that but you know there are but there are benefits to having the four trade. i mean i had a four trade i bought one that was you know early on in my process i bought one for six ETH. I remember I was out for a run. I called Josh. I'm like, yo, I think I'm going to grab it. He's like, if you don't buy it, I'm going to buy it. So I bought him. He was like the meditating one. I called him Meta Zen. And then uh, I sold him for 10 ETH and thought that was like the craziest, best thing ever. I'm like, holy shit, I just made 10 grand. I sold like, you know what I mean? Like that was really the proof of like, you know, that was like the the proof of concept for me in, you know, through this process. Cause it was the first time I sold something and made real money. And then but then look at how if I just held on to him, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, that, that you know, it'd be, we'd be having a different conversation. I would have been able to sell them and, and you know, like use them. I almost sold my portrait. I, uh, and we'll, time will tell whether it was a good idea to hold him or not. But I bought him for 8.5 ETH. And I think five weeks later, I got a 81 ETH. Offer. Oh, wow. Um, 
and I, it was right before um, the serums yeah. and I decided to hold him. And I think over time it'll be a, it'll be a good move. Cause I really like for the reasons I was saying, I really like the four trade apes for a lot of those reasons. And I think it's still early and we don't know how the role they can play in the metaverse is going to pan out, but um, that was a tough one to turn. Yeah. Down. Josh is going to disagree with your approach because what Josh is going to say, and I can see him like right now, he's like, all right, do I, do oh, I wasn't going to say anything, but you know, I would have taken that. <laughs> <laughs> well, only this, because now look, we have the benefit of hindsight, right? So you could have you could have arguably sold that one for 80 and now today bought a new one for yeah. 50 and had another four, you know, a four trade. Well, maybe right. not 50, but I would have, I would have sold it at 15 as well. So, so well, people don't think about with those though that I that I think about and just talking to my accountant like we think about together is like the tax implications on that sale are yep. big like and everyone's like this time next year uh, or April next year I yeah. think there's going to be a lot of people going holy moly I didn't realize but it's like if you look at that yeah. at that time that was like two hundred sixty three thousand dollars what that sale would have been but like whether it gets classified as collectibles or as, as capital gains. Yeah. Still yeah. As a U.S. Year. resident, you're still stuck in a tax situation. There's no doubt, you know, yeah. you got to figure so out, like, you know, so that would create a taxable event. That's the thing that I, that's the thing I think about is like with that sale, it's like, huh, well, I can't really dump 81 ETH into something. Like I can dump 60 ETH into something. And it's like, ah, well, that's kind of a big haircut. I'd rather sell them someday for, a 150 or 200. Yeah, yeah. No, I look, I totally maybe, get it. Not, maybe that never happens, but I'll, I'll hang on to him until it does or doesn't. Here's the thing. I think without a question, without question, you'll be able to sell them for 80 at some point sooner than later. You know, I okay. do believe that. I think, look, I mean, they're already yeah. like, you probably sell it for 60 something today. Right. So, I mean, I think that, you know, that, that is not an offer. You'll never, it's not like you will never see that offer again. So I think yeah. that's absolutely yeah. fine. I think, yeah. you know, knowing again, I just was commenting because I know how Josh operates that he would have looked at that as an arbitrage opportunity to buy, to sell and then well, buy in cheaper. I mean, and then- it's like, it's like what Morgan said though. I mean, I, I probably sold three or four apes around the 60 to 80, 85 range, 80, 85 range during that like three week period. Mm-hmm. I sold a bunch and yeah, I mean like, now I've got to deal with the, you know, well, on the, the repercussions so of that. A couple of things about that. So, so I think we're going to try and get Jacob Martin, who's the uh, the NFT attorney who just put out his NFT tax guide. Um, and I think we'll try and get him on the show here in the next couple of weeks to talk about that. Um, and, uh, you know, because I think that there are a lot of folks who, you know, don't, you know, especially if you're in the U.S. and, you know, it's, kind, you know, it's tricky and it matters. Like you got to be really careful. And, you know, the more that you kind of buy and sell, like the easiest thing or from a tax standpoint is to buy and never sell. And then, you know, or if you sell, you're selling, you know, one, you know, once or twice and putting aside hopefully enough cash or crypto that can be converted to cash when it's time to actually pay that bill. Um, I know Coin Tracker, we were just talking about this the other night as well. Coin Tracker is uh, just, you know, is now has NFT capabilities. Um, so you can it's actually, so it's so good as well. It's so yeah. good. So you literally like plug in your perfectly. wallets. Hit the button yeah, and it'll tell it, you what, you know, perfectly. so then you Crazy. go to your account and you're like, Hey, it looks like I've got X amount of dollars in gains this year. How is this going to yeah. be managed and coupled with your other stuff? And he's going to be like, well, you know, you're kind of fucked because you know, there's no, <laughs> there's no safe Harbor, safe Haven, yeah. you know, it's, again, and I'm not speaking, this is none of, not, 
I guess, you know, hey, blanket disclaimer on every show. This isn't financial advice. This isn't tax advice. Do your own research. Yeah. I mentioned this on the show that we're probably going to air today, tomorrow, whatever, before this one airs. The, uh, you know, it's the Kanye. Like, I love the meme where it's Kanye going like, where it's like, you know, I, I, I close every time I'm talking NFTs, I tell people, you know, but this isn't financial advice or I don't know, just in case it ruins their life. You know what I mean? Like, but I don't know, you know, just in case it ruins their life. But um, so as domainers, though, that. we're used to this, right? Like I, I, I say that most people that get started in domaining have this experience and it's eye opening. I know I did. Like the first time I had anything that was like a six figure net deal and I was super excited about it. I didn't really think about the tax side of it. And then next year, the next year I was doing my taxes and I had like deployed all that money into other stuff. And my accountant's like, oh yeah, so this, then I'm like, wait, why is my tax bill? So I, you did, you did this. And I'm like, oh, okay. And it's like, yeah. you know, we are in. You're like, I reinvested it. And it's like, it doesn't matter. Well, and it's, and it's illiquid spaces, right? So it's yeah. like, if you take all your ETH and you like, if you think about it, like, like Josh, like you were saying during that time, it's like, who knows how long it'll take to get back up to that. So like come tax time, what, what really sucks is if, you know, suppose it does take two years for board apes to get back up to a 60 ETH floor could happen. I don't know. I think it'll happen sooner, but suppose that happens. There's going to be a lot of people. I think it could be a great buying opportunity, like April next year when people go, Oh boy, I, I made these deals. I didn't realize how much my taxes are going to be. I have to sell my apes, but oh, the floor's 28 now. Ugh, but like they have to, right? And that's the challenge with illiquid assets is if you like, you know, sell an illiquid asset and put the money back into an illiquid asset, when it comes time for taxes, you end up having to um, sell for less than you want to. You're stuck. And I, you know, and I think that's the other thing too. It's, and I say it all the time if you're an experienced domainer and you're good at domains, then you can be a really good NFT collector trader as well because you're used to operating with you know speculative digital assets that could be largely illiquid you know yeah and nfts are actually more liquid than domains in a lot of ways so it's oh, you yeah. know you have certain yeah. advantages with nfts compared to domains so if you've been through the struggle with domains and been successful then being successful in nfts especially in what has been a really frothy like you know active you know and uh bubbling market that we've been dealing with you know pretty much since we've gotten involved um, you know, creates a pretty cool environment. That's why you see a lot of these domainers here and other folks that have had success and, you know, and they, you know, they had success and, you know, they were successful domainers. Now they're successful in the NFT space. So, um, but yeah, and I think the taxes are something that we're familiar with, or, you know, if you've just, you know, kind of been through that with your own business and things like that, but for folks who, you know, is this their first, you know, this is their first foray into investing and, you know, making money and, you know, in this kind of in the digital asset space, yeah, it'll be eye-opening. It's going to be some shit. But that's why I think you also see sort of these trends as they are happening. It's really funny watching it happen in the space where now more and more people are talking about taxes in Twitter, right? Because, you know, they're getting hip to the idea that, oh, shit, like we're getting close to the end of the year. This is actually a thing. What, what do you mean? What about this? What about that? And uh, and that's why I think, though, you know, where you have folks like, like I said, like the, the tax guy that just came out as well as other resources that are available, it's like, you know, as well as calling your accountant, hopefully the your accountant has some understanding of what NFTs even are. You know, we've calling got your accountant. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I mean. And it's like, and he's like, wait, it's, what? You bought a bought a digital monkey? I know, right? What is MetaMask? You know? And it's like, you know, you're on your own, kid. Um, but um, so yeah, so uh, you know, we're lucky. We've got a pretty good accountant who we're getting hip to the space. But it's you know, it's a process even for them, like for these traditional guys. But like I've told our guy, who's you know close friend and, and a really smart and, and capable dude, 
it's like get up you know get hip to this shit because it's like you'll have a forever client base or at least the next right. decade you'll have you know you, your phone won't stop ringing if you really know what you're doing here plus you know and get involved in the space and just kind of you know get to get to know some things and some people so you know but uh yeah so uh you know so set aside some cash if you're selling if you're selling jpegs set aside some cash because that was my other thing too is sometimes you have a situation where you have a big sale and it's all in ETH and ETH is trading at like $4,000 a coin. And then all of a sudden, you know, you go to cash out your ETH and it's 3000 and now, Hey, you, you had this profit on the sale, but then that is evaporated yeah, because exactly. the, you know, the, the value of what it, of what you actually received, you didn't get dollars. And if you didn't take the dollar, if you didn't get dollars and then put dollars in and then sell the coins to then record the loss, then it's like lost in the shuffle. And I know I had a one or two of those situations. And then it's like, so I've actually been trying to be more active when I sell something, I converted dollars and back into crypto and stuff. So I've got these, but every time you do that, it's an event. So it's like, yes. you've got to have yeah. like a plan and yeah. you know, you've got to be somewhat aware of how this shakes out. So then you can, you know, or you yeah. just move to Dubai and say, fuck it. I don't have to worry well, about it. Well, I'm James <laughs> Booth and I'm Andy and I'm just chilling on a boat and the tax man could kiss my ass, you know well, what see, I mean? That, that's, that's, that's another thing, like, you know, coming from the domain name industry over the last 10 years, like, or 20 years, um, you know, uh, people new in the domain industry, they don't, I don't, I don't think it's ever talked about very much. And, um, but, you know, most of the people that have a lot of really great success, a lot of them, they're not subject to the U.S. tax laws. They, they, they have a different relative value of money they, they, they sell something for a dollar they can spend the dollar yeah, yeah and and it's not because they're actually chasing it it's not because they're they're avoiding it it's because they're not american citizens and you know we're still one of the three or maybe the only country where if you're a citizen then that follows you everywhere but if you're canadian if you're european you can always you can always there's always ways to create companies you know somewhere else whatever they're you don't have that you don't have that liability of just being a citizenship um, that, that forwards you the tax law. So my, my point is with NFTs, if you see people, you know, really, you know, trading stuff and, you know, um, yeah, trading stuff for even a little loss or taking like a 10, you know, they may have a very, very different tax circumstance than you. Yeah. Oh, and, and, and it's yeah. not an equal, it's not an yeah. equal trading. Well, and, and I don't yeah. want to get off on the subject about, you know, Yellen's comments recently about this no, wealth tax with unrealized capital gains and that crazy shit. But like, you know, but you're, you know, but that's one of the things that if we, you know, let's just say as the U S or these, these governments don't, if they're not careful, they're going to yeah. really put everybody at a complete disadvantage, which, you know, when you talk about innovation and all these other things are going to make it like, People will go elsewhere because it's just become it'll become so prohibitive to do business and even live here in the U.S. You know what I mean? Which is crazy. But I don't want to get into all that. I think the the the, the short answer or the short advice, which is not financial advice, is like you know, set aside some money for taxes. Talk to your accountant or get an accountant who kind of knows what they're doing. There's resources out there that are that are becoming available or are available that can help you. And uh, you know, just kind of figure out what's up. You know. But I think that's a great and, point too. And set aside. Also, there's a there's a opportunity, maybe a little alpha here, in that set aside some ETH for April next year because yes. I do believe that in April of next right. year we're going to be people desperate to sell stuff, and it's going to be a great buying opportunity. Yeah. And, and it won't be it won't be me because I file an extension every year. 
Lakers. So, <laughs> <laughs> Wait till October for Allen. Wait till around this time next October. year for Allen. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. So, um, yeah, so that's what's up. So, all right, well, we've only got a couple more minutes. we got about 10, 15, and then we got to jump. Uh, we've covered a lot of ground, so this is great. But uh, what else is – so we've got eight – got NYC uh, – NFT NYC coming up. Ape Fest is coming up for the folks that are going to be there. There's a ton of crazy stuff that will be happening. This show will probably air right as uh, right as all that stuff is kicking off. Um, so I think uh, any of you guys going to be in, a, in New York? Alan, you'll be there, right, I think? I'm going to be there for a couple nights, I think. Okay. I'm still on the fence, you know what I mean? Like, I, I Drew can't make it. Otherwise, I probably would go. But, you know, I'll um, – it's interesting because, you know, this is going to be such a wild, I'm, I'm already getting FOMO knowing like, you know, when you start seeing the video and the photos and all this stuff and everybody having a blast and that's going to be pretty cool. But, um, so what else is happening? Like what else is coming up here in the next week or so that uh, y'all excited about any particular projects, any, anything dropping, anything happening that anybody's kind of hype about? I think, uh, Jess, starting with you, I think you mentioned, uh, you know, something about the top shots, like, um, you know, What's up? What's 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 hot in the streets? Um, there's an archive drop today for like the throwback packs that are like 19 bucks each. Um, I'm hyped for Monday. I think with a bunch of Top Shot people, we might be going to the Knicks game in MSG. Uh, We're playing the Raptors, so I think that'll be fun. All right. Um, excited to just meet people that I've been only speaking to on the internet, like on Twitter for like months and months. It's been like yeah. but 10 months now that I, some people I'd, I don't even know what they look like. So that's going to be kind of exciting. So yeah um other than that nothing really that's that's pretty much it just trying to build and like make sure that the stuff that we're involved in you know ends up in the right places um helping out the teams that you know you're passionate about i like to take phil jackson's little bit of line it's like when you care about the people that you work with like the the work that you put in ends up being way better because you care about the outcome for like their life and like overall big things so it yeah, makes yeah, like yeah. the work seem like a small thing like in perspective so that's how I'm focusing on the NFT space right now. Just like working with like people, like whether it's this top shot, whatever it is, like good projects and like making sure things just go well. Yeah, Wait a minute. Well, I, I, I didn't know that was a prerequisite. Do you mean I have to care about all of you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's the thing. We got some announcements that'll be coming next week with some stuff that we're doing. And uh, yeah, man, look, I think when you, you know, and, and, and you've got just a great you know outlook and your whole vibe is just super positive. And I love that. And I love that, you know, you're in the mix with us on some of the stuff we're doing. And, um, but yeah, cause I think when you work for a company, cause I've worked for big companies and, you know, even most recently when I was, when I was at web towards the end of my tenure there, which is about a year ago now, um, you know, it did feel a little bit like too corporate, you know, and when you're in those types of things and not only do you not, it's not so much that you don't necessarily care about the people you're working with, but you feel like the people that you're working with or working for don't really care about you. You know what I'm yes. saying? And then that is where for me, that was where, and, and not that I felt that way that personal about it but you know but where you do feel there's a bit of a disconnect there and it definitely changes your whole outlook on shit as opposed to what you're doing if you really love it and you really like the people that you're working with and you want to succeed and succeed together and you, you know it's like you know it's kind of like the thing i was saying like when you're having fun i, I tweeted this the other day i was like just because something's fun doesn't make it easy but it does make the work more tolerable you know and it does kind of get right. you out of bed and get you cranking on stuff and looking forward to zooms and meetings and everything's not just uh you know, something on the calendar that you got to get through. So I'm with it, man. And I think that's also a great thing about the NFT space in general. It's like the vibe can be super positive. I was saying this about projects that have that like super positive vibe behind it, I think are, are make it even easier to invest in, you know, and it's when it's not even all about the dollars and, or there's plenty of ways to make money and that's a pretty cool way to do it. So 
Totally with it, dude. And we got some cool shit coming, man. I'm excited. This these next couple of weeks are gonna be pretty wild. But uh, all right, Morgan, what about you, man? You got uh, what do you got on the agenda? Yeah, uh, I mean, radar? yeah, all the stuff I'm excited about, I can't talk about. I'll just have to say, uh, yeah, follow, follow me on Twitter. I'll be talking about some cool stuff as soon as I can. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, Alan. Uh, you know, there's a few things I'm, I'm kind of excited about. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to the drop, the parallel alpha drop this, this week. This okay. Week. Um, but um, I'm not sure when this is airing, but um, there, there's also a really cool one. Um, well, you know, you know, Tom's Rocket Factory, right? Yep. Yeah. Tom's. Well, so he, ju- he just opened up the window yesterday and it's only available until November 1st, where you can actually buy and sell those popes that allowed you to mint the rockets oh yeah for so sure. so if you don't have one i mean i think they're like a quarter ETH or something but if you don't have one there's a small window where you could get one of those and possibly i don't know what the future roadmap is but you might be you know allowed to mint some of his next project yeah. oh. so um but it's only a short window i mean uh yeah i i i i, I like those things i mean I, I like you know just that out that opportunity of somebody that has a track record that, that has built community around it. Like yeah. it's not like just giving you another image. I mean, like he's literally has these rocket launch ships and um, so what is it called? The the Tom's Rocket Factory. Yeah, or Tom Sachs but, Rocket Factory. Tom Sachs Rocket. Yeah. yeah. So he has these Genesis patches that allowed you to mint the rocket pieces, and now he's letting you put them on the market. And the whole yeah. speculation, and I I feel like it's 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 going to be true is that now the future mints come out that you'll be able to use those patches again. So it's not are a, they, not are, a are they on the are they are they those patches on the Tom Sucks Rocket Factory collection? Are they part of the same contract? No, the Genesis? They are. See. Yeah, you know, I know Drew has one. He got one of the Popes and then didn't do the rocket, you know. So I think um they're Tom Sockets. I'm uh, sorry, Tom, it's not Tom Sockets. Tom Sachs. Tom, oh, that should be that's that'd be um, Rocket Factory patches. If, if he's ever on the show, that's his AKA Tom Sockets. <laughs> Tom Sockets, yeah. Tom Sockets special rockets. <laughs> like that. Yeah, it's kind of good. It, it, it. Yeah, it's, it's not a different contract. It's called Tom Sachs uh, Rocket Factory patches. So. His events have been amazing all over the world. Like you get to go launch yeah. the physical rockets. Like it's awesome, and he's a really awesome artist himself. Yeah, and that's what I love. I love the uniqueness of it, you know, and like the vibe is just super, super cool. So I think this looks great. There should be like 115 ETH traded um, of that collection. Yeah, there you go. Is it the patches? It's because you've got the Rocket Factory, and then you've also got the Rocket Factory patches, which is patches is what you want. Yeah, so that's the patches. So that's actually the unverified one, but you could tell based on 115 ETH traded, six thousand items. Those are the those are the joints right there. So, yeah, you know, it's funny. We, we had one of our first rabbit gang shows and I remember talking about this, like we were like an hour into it. And I was just like, wait a minute, guys, somebody just launched a rocket thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. It's crazy. We think we become Tom Sachs Rocket Factory. I love it. The I, just bought, I just bought a uh, vampire, by the way, Morgan. Oh, for hey. you. Uh, cool. All right. I'm, I'm <laughs> interested to see what you got. Cool. Oh, I'm going to have to. I don't know. Yeah, I have those pull up. The 3D glasses look pretty cool. I um. All right, yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna get busy on this. I know more <laughs> I you and I. He's got vampire vision now. We'll I, know, to, I totally do. I bought six eight six nine, Morgan. Six, six eight six, six nine. nine. Let's I check that one out real fast. Cause I um, Morgan and I had one of these uh, convos going a couple like maybe last week where I was trying to figure out which one to buy, and then 
I ended up put, having to push my ETH into something else. And, but, um, which one did you get? What's the, uh, what is it? Six, eight, six, nine. He was basically, oh, he was like basically that, at the floor. This is where this is where my brain is now. I'm on coinbase.com searching for sneaky vampires. Uh, <laughs> <wow>. <laughs> Soon that'll be a reality. I was, I was gonna, gonna say, say you're just you're just a little early, Alan. It'll have to yeah, wait, wait, wait a few weeks. <laughs> like why why is there no token called sneaky vampire? <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's cool. yeah, that's solid. Yeah. Gold hair, big mask body. It's yeah. all right for the floor. Actually, for the floor, he's pretty decent. Yeah, it's got like it's it, got man. two rarish traits. Either one of those can can pop. Yeah. Right on. So, all right. Well, all good stuff. Um, so, what about you, Josh? Anything else that you're uh, that you're messing with, like the, that you got your eye on here in the next couple of days? I mean, keep in mind when the show airs, everything we're talking about is already going to have been done. But you know, like the Tom Sachs thing, and you know, a couple of these other things. But um, we will be in the middle of Ape Fest, so you know, so play this while you're uh, out and about. In the I city just, or... I just snoop, I just snoop on Alan's wallet all day. That's yeah. all I do. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever Alan's buying, I buy it. Yeah, end, pro end project, rocket factory patches. <laughs> I, I love the end project. I'm just waiting for the tokens. I bought, I bought some end project as well. I had, I had some end project like way, way, way back. Um, I bought a bunch of it, but then I sold it when it was like close to one ETH. And now it's like back down to point. What's going on with the lost, uh, lost poets? What's happening there? Or last, what's that? What's going on there? I don't know. I haven't followed the last couple weeks. The pack will come out with something. He's dropping like a new origin like every day, I think, to somebody. Um, but I'm not sure yet. Um, all right. All I, all I know is I trust pack. I think he's phenomenal. I think well, he I has think a. He has all the tools too, right? Like he has the token, he has the burn mechanism, he has the past community, like I'm not sure. Well, and I think this goes back to kind of what we were saying too. I mean, this is sort of a common thread and there's a reason we've mentioned this a few times on the show is that, you know, the team, the artists, the, you know, all that matters. Right. And sometimes you're just putting your faith and your ETH in, in, in that. And, uh, you know, if you, if you, you know, are, are behind or we're riding with the cool. right people, you know, I, have one By the way, thing I, I see a sneaky vampire here with a little crown, a little, little side crown. Is that like, a, I, I mean, there's been a lot of crown talk out here on the show yeah, today. Crowns are always, crowns are always good. <laughs> so, Dude, yeah. while, while I, while I remember, um, has, have any of you guys, uh, looked into the, uh, I NFT personality stuff, the AI stuff? Oh, is that Cuban's thing? Is that Alethea? Yeah. Alethea. Yeah. yeah. Alethea. I, I, I was looking into it the other day just because I thought it was really interesting. So supposedly you can take these pods and merge them with one of your PFPs basically and turn it into. Well, basically what they are, I feel like they're like a shell for your 3D personality, right? I feel like right. when you get the actual 3D models dropped to you for your apes, you won't really have a need for that because you'll be able to upload this those to any platform. And the cool thing about this, you're not, limited to any one metaverse with those files, especially if the correct platforms let you use them. Yeah. So it just feels like the Aletheia are a little bit redundant if you are waiting for those to drop like pre-made for you the way that it already is. But it, they are really cool. It's really cool technology regardless. But you can use it with like any, pretty much any, uh, yeah. one, right? That That's what makes it really cool. Cause that's they're like, cool, obviously, yeah. Kongs have got their VXs, Board yep. Apes are going to get what they're going to get, but most projects won't. Mm -hmm. I feel like exactly, it would be pretty yeah. cool. Like right now, the floor is like point, 
0.12. I feel like most people would pay that much just to. Yeah, they are cool. You know, if your project stuff. isn't working on their own 3D models, I think that's a really cool opportunity. So you don't, they won't have to like reach out and you don't have to put pressure on devs. Like, can we get 3D models? Like you can just go get an Alethea and just throw your PFP on there. So pretty like cool. That. In my yeah, opinion, that's pretty yeah. dope. I like that a lot. Yeah. So good stuff. All right, cool. Well, with that, we've been around the room. I have not been that like, it's funny, you know, some weeks I'm like super dialed into projects and things that are coming. And this one, we've been heads down on our own stuff. So that's kind of been where my focus is. So that's what I'm going to tell y'all Just stay tuned. We got some pretty cool stuff that we're going to be, you know, letting everybody know about sooner than later. So that's going to be happening. And, uh, kind of shortly after we air this show. So, uh, Stay tuned for that. Other than that, I appreciate you guys taking the time. This was a great show. We covered a lot of ground, a lot of good stuff. Hopefully the audience enjoys it. And with that, I want to say thank you to the audience. I say it on every show. Without you, there's no us. So thank you for taking the time out. Remember, you can find us on Twitter. You can post a comment on the Domain Sherpa website. We are not hard to find. Rabbit hole gang, make the joint go bang. We are in and around. So just holler at us. You got the good, the bad, the ugly questions. You want to get on the show. You want to talk about particular projects. You want to you know, whatever, whatever is clever, just, you know, feel free to reach out. We're around. And then otherwise we will catch up with y'all next time here on Domain Sherpa, where all roads lead to domains with the rabbit hole gang, where all roads lead to NFTs. And uh, yeah, thanks again. And we'll see y'all soon. Peace out. Yep. It don't matter what you do.